Friday afternoon deploy cohabitates with a dead cat on the blockchain. He just compressed the crap out of everything. I think is is the music industry standard. Oh, did you true. guys did you guys get a chance yeah. to look at, at some of the? I sent a while back. Maybe I posted random. Maybe I sent it to just. I knew the two of you would appreciate it, but I found a novelty Instagram account called Band Meme Six Six Six. Oh yeah, I, I watched. Did you I go like hard on that. Memes. Oh my god, those are so good. Those are so good. <laughs> I and it's, I haven't checked it out. I got to see that. Oh, it's they're just, not always like I'm. I'm far enough removed from that world. Praise be. That uh, I d- they don't hit me in the feels all the time. Every once in a while, they get you. I've definitely seen some that are, are are very true to form. Well, he's it's a daily meme Instagram account. So, like you know, with the pressure to produce content every single day, it's not all great. But like when it's good, it's so good. I would agree. He does a lot of then and now, and he picks gotcha. a lot. He picks a lot on sound engineers, right? Uh, yeah. But he also picks a lot on like new age lo-fi, and so like. He'll do these then and now memes, and it's like then, and it's a uh, uh, like a rock star looking dude talking to a young sound engineer, going like, "How do you how do you make it sound less shitty?" And he's like, "Oh, you turn this knob up over here, and it's like a it's on a reel to reel tape deck, you know, turn this knob." <laughs> and then like now, and it's got a hipster looking guy going like, "Can you make it sound shittier?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's this knob right here, and it's a knob in Logic Pro." <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Like. I, I ironically, y'all know I, I dabble. And so ironically, the other day, um, it, the irony wasn't lost on me that I watched a tutorial on how to make a piano, like little MIDI clip that you record sound like it was actually on a warped vinyl wow. recording for yeah. the lo-fi. Sound, yeah, uh, you can't have a clean piano on the lo-fi. Gotta record. be lo-fi. You gotta, gotta have get that. that, that, that That's right. Yeah, you gotta get that little, the little click yeah. of the needle. Uh, yep. popping on the popping on the volume. I have, mm-hmm. I have super. I have. I personally have not, but have I've been a part of musical projects that have superimposed that needle click in places. It's like the lie. it's like the audio equivalent to like the iMovie filter that has like the little tracking lines that makes it look like an old time video. Well, you know? what we ended up with musically that I don't yeah. think anyone has reckoned with is that like so if if you'll remember there came a point a point when we got so good with uh, quality of video that everything started to look like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I don't want my movies to look like a soap opera. I don't need this in 120 frames per second. Yeah. It loses right. the veneer. It's no longer a film. It's like I shot it on a hand camera. And like, I remember watching a couple like blockbuster movies at like super high fidelity going like, uh, I don't need to know how much acne Tom Hanks has. This is really uncomfortable. And so they put a mode in TVs, which I think is on by default now, which is just like, make my TV dumb. Yeah, make it. So it's, just, it's, it's high res, but they cut the frame rate or something to that effect. I don't, I don't understand. Mm. There'll be video, uh, video files or, or people who are in the videography industry 
if there are any that listen to our podcast who will absolutely incinerate me for saying this, <laughs> but it, they're they're doing some trick like that to make it less like to reduce the fidelity a little yeah. bit in the same way that we want to listen to a, a record. And I'm I've got an Audio Technica turntable like less than thirty feet from me that like I can Bluetooth connect to with fancy headphones, but I'm still putting an old. <laughs> uh, uh, record on and listen to the crackles on it. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we visually expect that from our, our movies. Mm-hmm. And when we kind of went beyond that, it was kind of the visual equivalent of what Alan was talking about, where everything sounds over compressed, everything mm-hmm. sounds too much, things like that. And it all kind of sounds the same. And so we, we, we yearn for a time where there's like imperfections and things. And so that's kind of where we've ended up. You know, in um, it it kind of it can go both ways, right? Because a lot of a lot of TVs have like a, I think my TV has something called True Motion. So what it'll do is it'll try and upscale the frame rate of content to whatever the maximum that the TV can show, and it'll interpolate the frames in between, right? To and it that's what makes things look really really smooth. Typical film shot productions are either twenty four or twenty five frames per second. Um, and and like in my day when we were gaming, the holy grail was thirty frames per second because mm-hmm. most monitors were thirty hertz and stuff like that. Now in gaming, right, right. people want it to look as like close to life as possible, so higher frame rates better. But it doesn't look cinematic unless it has. Well, we are trained that the cinematic look is that twenty four to twenty five frames per second. the The problem with that is like most digital video, like what you shoot on your phone, can be shot at either thirty or sixty frames per second. Right. And right. when you try and post-process th- that down to a 24, you can do it, but the only way to do it is to drop four frames every second to get it from right. 30 to 24, and you get a stutter to that, especially if it's a high motion, like a pan shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. You'll get. I've, I've found this as I've shot video, um, like because I've got a I've got a drone, a DJI drone, and I've shot video at like 30. And then like, oh, I'm going to try and make that, give it that cinematic quality to it and drop it at 24. That's no good because as you like in a, in a drone shot, you can get a big pan and like stuff in the distance is moving in parallax, right? It's going to move a lot faster and stuff up front. And so anything in the background in these big open shots like that, you get this jitter to it that's from the, the reduction. Gotcha. So you have yeah. to shoot it natively in that frame rate to really get it. So what Tyrell's describing is, yeah, totally done. But like, that's why it looks really unnatural on the TV to do it in post, you know? And it's interesting, like in that, in that exact same vein, um, and kind of into what you were saying about the memes, what's interesting, like, so cyberpunk 2077 has settings in there that I, I was messing around with whenever I downloaded that, because that thing just chewed up everybody's GPU when it came out. Right. Um, and, and a part of what it's doing is it's got cinematic grain is one of the settings in it that you can flip on or off to where it'll just look like a regular game today. Or it's a little bit gritty and a little bit lower. Like it, it's dro- I think it's dropping frames or somehow making it look like it is like that. So it does have a very cinematic quality. It's very subtle. Um, and then the, the lens glare is like another thing. So it's mm-hmm. interesting all these things that we do to uh, to accommodate you know what we're used to there was it's it's also it's an interesting application of moore's law where we just keep getting more transistors on the processor and they're like what do we do it's just like i don't know why don't you let half of them occupy themselves with making it look shittier (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah we've just got too many transistors it looks too too good (laughs) 
There was something here a while back that I was commenting. Uh, I was telling my wife about that, and now I don't remember what it was. It being it being a great topic along this line, but I was remembering there's something that I was like, isn't it interesting that that interface that feature followed onto this this new technology? And I don't remember what it was now. I apologize oh, to the listeners. On, by the uh, way, so it like. I, only, only because uh, on my end, where we're recording from, you turned into uh, uh, Mr. Roboto um, oh, as, as it slowed I down. See. But you're caught up now, so, so okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, what it was was like I went to watch something that I hadn't watched in a while, and I was putting it on probably for the dogs, just so they'd have something. And so I go put it on, but then it was like part of the way through, and I and it just dawned on me that I was like yeah, that's what used to happen whenever you'd pick up a VHS tape. Like it was just wherever you left it, mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole be kind rewind. And so now our <laughs> streaming service stops it wherever I've left it, keeps up with that just to accommodate like what I'm used to as a human being that I would come and, and I watched this like six months ago and I stopped here. So I probably want to pick it up there. Right. So is, well, and, and I think they've solved that problem with the prompt uh, of like, you want to start where you left off or do you want to pick yeah. up where you, or do you want to start from the beginning? That's the, that's the modern yeah. be kind rewind of <laughs> the digital age. You do that got an time. instant rewind button. Yeah. Didn't they launch. used to charge you if you Pretty returned sure, yeah. a VHS, not rewound? Like yeah. it was like this huge deliberate the like electric huge, bill like, for those uh, motors. Like turning the, that the guy who backwards. gets paid $5 an hour. <laughs> Uh, to to man the the counter had to Did, put it in the rewind like literally a machine dedicated to rewinding. We VHSs. had now we Pretty as sure a could family rewind like two at a time. Yeah, yeah, you could get a multiple decks of them. We as a family had the rewinders. We bought those. We rented enough gotcha. movies that at my grandmother's house <laughs> where I spent a lot of time and at my house we had the little you just slide it in and put it down and it was like speed rewind. You know, mm-hmm. the thing about those is like they weren't sophisticated machines. You know. And so when it got to the end of the reel, it hit the end of that you, hard. You do it oh, enough. Yeah. You do it enough times, and it uh, yeah, it hits the hard. It yanks the e brake there at the end, and I think the tape would separate at some. point. I think that's the probably end. what they charged us for. It. They're just like, there's a chance we're going to break this tape when we You're, rewind. You were basically you, so. pl- playing. For, you were paying for the depreciation of the tape that was eventually going to wear out. You know. Yeah, and, precisely. And if you guys haven't seen the documentary on Netflix uh, that Kevin Smith did for the last blockbuster, uh, I recommend it. It's it's great in nostalgia, and it also actually explains some of those weird fees and and things like that, and how um, how they went about making money by renting out movies, and and why that even became a thing. It, that and, is so like a Kevin Smith thing because of, of course his, Kevin Smith would do because that, yeah. of his so background working at the video store in Leonardo, New Jersey, or wherever it was. That was like the settings for clerks, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there is one blockbuster. Still open. Yes. Yeah. Like a per- in Bend. Uh, what is it? Bend. I think it's Bend, Washington. Is it's where it's uh, it's open. Might have been Bend. Really- Bend, Oregon is a. Uh, is, that's uh, the one. There is Sorry, a Bend, I said Washington. Close yeah, enough. They're yeah. very close. Yeah. They're the same thing in my art camps in mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Northwest, Northern Cal, yeah. extreme Northern California. Uh- <laughs> what 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 speaks out is so so this is something this is a a, a fun place to be in. You you bring up correctly so Alan that uh, like this this is my this is my poor Arkansan mind mm-hmm. and here we are we're 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 at the core of 
of, of like lofty of old lofty here we are and we've expanded and we have a distributed workforce that spans many time zones and and places and yet none of them are on the podcast yet so it's still just listen to a bunch of arkansans be like back when i worked at the farm we had the vhs but we took it home from the trailer uh meanwhile we've got people in chicago and florida and colorado and all of that people of culture just the arkansas on the podcast be in arkansas it's true we'll we'll get them on here eventually to to get their their takes from their necks of the woods but it's funny that was a perfect transition tyrell because i hadn't told y'all but the uh the the topic that's on my mind right now uh is about our growth at lofty and yeah. like how much that's changing and like what that means for us, not just like as a company, as a team, but also for like the process of building the things that we build with the codes and the JavaScripts and stuff, begrudgingly the JavaScripts. Um, oh, yeah. And, and like, yeah, I think I, that's, it's just, I didn't, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a list of questions for you guys. It's Everybody's for, got an for, agenda. Yeah, Everything's got an agenda, Casey. What are you talking about? I just mean that if it's you don't be- have an agenda, that means somebody else has set it for you and you're just a tool. I know that Ty- <laughs> I know that Tyrell's head is probably about as deep because you're so deep into hiring mode. You're coming out of hiring mode. You've just hired yeah. like how many, like thirty five engineers you've hired in the past like four days? At least. At least. Um, and yeah. so I know that like for me, it's like all I've been thinking about is like the differences, the changes, the growth. Alan and I had a private uh, yeah. DM thread going in in Slack earlier talking about changes and and all the new folks on the team. I, I'm ex- you know I'm excited about the the team that we have and you know but and it's it's interesting uh, you know seeing seeing Lofty grow and and uh, and and these different iterations of of that growth and uh, you know this this iteration I'm really excited about and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting the the places you find yourself a little bit like some of the some of the hiring I I was in a, a few of the interviews in the last round and um you know it's interesting to stop and think about uh, all of that because um, at at the time you're just you know it's work that needs to be done and so you're yeah. you're just you know doing it but uh, yeah it's uh, it is interesting that it, it starts to the whole thing starts to take on autonomy. Uh, for sure. And it kind of has to, is the thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I can say uh, this yeah. for sure. There have been times in our past where um, we we grew in a similar way at, at a mm-hmm. uh, not quite this speed. This is like the fastest we've grown um, by this magnitude. We have nearly doubled the size of the company in about six weeks. Um, so we haven't done that. <laughs> I know. Let me just laugh at <laughs> yeah, that out yeah, loud. Just enjoy that. You know, and, and like I'm sitting here talking with what is what is essentially the three of us are, are old lofty. Um, and there's like, there's like medium lofty in the middle, but like, if you, if you lump old lofty and medium lofty together, we are almost by May 3rd, we will be outnumbered by new lofty, new lofty, the new faces. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of wild, but, but like it's, it, it was, it's been very strange from, from my chair, admittedly. Uh, I was telling telling Alan this, it's been, it's been really, it's been really interesting there is some bittersweetness to it. And also in the middle of all this growth, we've also made the transition to full remote. And so I, I had this like really weird, like mental juxtaposition as I was like packing up the office. Cause our lease ended last month and like putting that stuff in storage and like putting that stuff away and seeing that, that space that we've, that we had, that we really, really, really loved and enjoyed 
like all empty again um, for the first time in a while. And I'm glad you didn't have to see it, Alan, because I think you, I, I had like, <laughs> this was a very emotional experience for me packing that up. Right. It, it felt like a step backward, right? On some level, it was this idea of just like the space, what was like so much about having the office was like central in, I, I don't think I realized to what extent it was central to the identity of the company. You know what I mean? The company was this place that yeah. we all came to. Um, what's cool about it, though, is that, like, that was the case then. The company kind of was this place that we all came to. And it was a group of people that obviously did good work together. But, like, the bones of the company at the time that we started when we opened that office, um, it was the people in the in the place and coming together and, and doing work. The, the company didn't have that much more to it. It was kind of a box without a whole lot of organization inside of that box, you know? And, yeah, and yeah. now my definition of the company encompasses systems and departments and teams and people doing different roles. Um, and, and it turns out that the box that we're operating in is, isn't that important. In fact, it's so unimportant that we can disassemble it and throw it in storage and everything mm-hmm. keeps working just as well as it al- always has. But it was, it was a really weird experience kind of packing that up. Like this feels like a regression that we're closing the office. Meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I better get this shit done. Cause I got six people to onboard, you know? <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really wild. Um, but obviously in a, in a very, very good way. Um, but I know that like on the on the dev team side, which is where most of the growth, not all of the growth, but most of the growth has been, um, you know, that's like challenging you all in different ways. And yeah. 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 Getting getting new people into the craft of what we're doing because um, we're teaching people to do it our way, but they're also bringing their perspective of their way. And I think I think that's the balance to be had because in a smaller context, in the context that the three of us and Willow kind of thrived in for a season, which was really great. Uh, what it allowed for less structure, yeah, because there's there, there there was a way to connect and build, and there was directness and there was connection, and um, it was highly personal, and that's good, and and, and there's a lot of value in, in that state as a company and there are some companies that, that never grow out of that and that's perfectly fine like if if you uh, for, and that that transcends technology like any size company like there comes a point when a, as a company you have to in lieu of personal interactions not not to completely replace personal interactions yeah not to dehumanize but, it right, right exactly right, it's not a right. dehumanization but it is it is acknowledging the reality that I can't be everywhere all the time. Um, and in doing that, I have to put a system in place to allow for when I am not there uh, as someone who is making decisions or like guiding the, the trajectory of things, there's a system in place for when I'm not there. And so the advent of systems uh, is necessary at some point. And that can be like a huge, particularly in that first phase, switching from minimal systems to any system at all. And I like would, that can feel very dehumanizing and very I would argue robotic that, and, and cold. That most times that switch gets flipped for the first time to systems, that it's probably an overcorrection. Usually. Yes. I think that's the tendency of just like crap. We went from like simplicity to like it's pure chaos and nothing works. Therefore 
here's way too much process, you know? Yeah, that's and exactly you right. you have to like, dial that back. We, I think that's we went part from no it. leaders to like half the staff has a C in front of their name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we've got a whole bunch of a calendar invites. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, I, I've been in enough startup environments to know that that's the tendency. Totally. Um, and, and so like, it doesn't spook me, but it may spook other people seeing it like that. But that's one of the other things that Alan and I were talking about earlier that, I, that part of the bittersweetness for me was like, we have all these systems and stuff, but like I told Alan, I was like, the one thing that I'm struggling with is like, I'm not getting FaceTime with everybody on the team like I used to, you know, yeah, uh, particularly on the engineering team. Right. As like, as so much of my attention has to be put on operations and we now have a marketing department, um, and, and helping all that we've, we've assembled that. I don't even know if there's visibility to Alan and the rest of the engineering team. We've, we've assembled what we're calling the ops team now on the business Mm -hmm. side. And we've got a daily standup that we do. And so I'm seeing Tyrell every day and I'm seeing Megan and Chris every day and I'm seeing Joseph every day, but like Alan, I talked to. Not not nearly often enough, and so like not from, not as much as we used to. I certainly, mean, in, not, well, in, we used to like pass each other in the hallway every morning, you know. And so, yeah, like, we I mean, we used to write code you. next to each yeah, other. It's true, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a part of the the part of like I've been a part of this journey for long enough that I forget that sometimes. And looking back totally, on, yeah. on some of the folks, they're just like, oh, that's the CEO guy, and I'm like, well, yeah, he taught me like at least three quarters of what I know too. Well, and like we had a milestone with t- t- uh, two of these hires with, with two of our new engineering hires, there's two of them that I did not meet until after we hired them. I right? wondered about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a trip for you. Yeah. That was a real trip. That was just like, yeah. Tyrell was like, we hired someone. And I was like, well, I'd love to meet them one day. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got another, we got another good one. Joe and then, uh, is he coming on next week? Uh, Monday, Justin, two Mondays. Justin's got another now. week. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, it, What's I have met Justin is, before his first day only because was he was say. he was gracious okay. enough to join us for a client call with the new project that he's coming into that was kicking off. They had a, a kind of meet and greet everybody on the two teams. And so, nice. so I did get to meet him as a part of that. Uh, but still, that was after I met him after I filed his payroll details in the in the <laughs> HR system. So. <laughs> the caveat of meeting him was, hey, can you make this call basically so that the first time I meet you isn't no no we had the client call but we had a pre-client call client call yeah and it was like hey can we have this phone call it's gonna be like 15 minutes but it's so that the first time i meet you isn't in front of the client yeah it's so that so that we can have a genuine yeah but it's abnormal for lofty it's new for lofty it's not abnormal because like there will be instances where that's the way going forward but it was really it was a fun kind of place to recognize like hey we're bringing on new talent. We're talent we're excited about. We know it's going to contribute, but because of the, the the shifts within the company, it's just like Casey's like, hey, we're going to go into a really big client meeting. I would like to know what your face looks like. Yeah. So I don't mistake you with people on the, the client team. team. Yeah. That's what I mean. And it <laughs> turns out, we start it the turns call. out our new engineer's name is Justin, and there are two Justins, client <laughs> two Justins side. on the other side of the So, uh, like, I totally would have come into that meeting with a room full of Justins going, like, which one of you, which one God, of you mofos works for me? <laughs> <laughs> I would have just been sitting there grinning, going, like, which one is he going to try and talk to? <laughs> like, playing the playing the cup game with the balls, you yeah, know? Exactly. And, and yeah, it, it was totally, it was it. It was like that. The entire context of this meeting is 
so that you and I can genuinely say hello, nice to meet you without that being an... And the client, by the way, knew um, that we're hiring right. for that role and stuff like that. To be clear, but yeah. But still, you know, like from my 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 perspective, like... I like the idea of, of giving new people the, the opportunity to do that, you know, cause like people, especially in that case, this is always, this is interesting to me is I kind of wondered what from, from, from the new hires perspective, cause I've been at lots of jobs where I got hired by a hiring manager and I had never met the CEO of the company. I worked for a lot right, of companies. I right. never met the CEO. They were too big, you know, yeah. or I met him at the Christmas party and they pretended that they knew who they <laughs> I was, but I knew like, there's no way you know who I am. Thousand people at this company. So it's like, you've been doing fantastic. How do we get more of you? And he's like, you don't even know what I do here. Um, <laughs> you know? And so like, I've, I've been there and I know that. And I've always wanted, cause like, you know, uh, I, it, it, part of that was for, for the new hire as well. To not be meeting me in a client call going like, I wonder if the CEO's a prick, because we all kind of wonder when we get the new job if the CEO's is going to, who what kind of CEO this is. Turns um, out he is. Yeah. And it, oh, so I'm I got, sorry. I forgot <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, going on. You got a hot mic there, Tyrell. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> no, that, was the, that was the point, though, was to show him what kind of prick I was before we went into the client meeting so that, so that he knew. But yeah, that was a really weird milestone for me, but a mm-hmm. very positive one. I, I definitely pointed that out to Paige, and I was like, we just hired someone, I'll meet them on their first day. How crazy is that? I'm going to pause you all, mm. because I'm going to bring you with me on a journey. All right. I'm, I'm transferring some funds for someone uh, digitally. Is it a, is it a Nigerian prince? Because like, no, they'll, <laughs> they'll hit you back on the come, is how it's I understand actually, that works. I can yeah. say all this now. It's, uh, it's actually... Uh, our new solutions architect. I'm purchasing some ham radio equipment from him because we're those kind of nerds. Wait, and no, I'm you can't say this. Money. You can't say this because you've just you've just disclosed that our solutions architects using ham radio, and now clients are going to be like, "Wait a minute, what kind of solutions are they architecting over here?" Uh, those that require ham radio. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to send him. How? how uh, what's what's the res- what's the latency of a ham radio API? Like, are we are we in milliseconds here? It, 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 in digital mode, we're 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 golden. Okay, we're, okay. We're quick. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm trying to go into PayPal and and mm-hmm. thank him for the equipment he sent to me and make that purchase. And I've been hit with the PayPal security challenge Ooh. and a giant Ooh. white screen. Mm-hmm. It's a security challenge. And the only thing on it at this point, we're, we're going to go through this journey together. But right now, the security challenges is a link is a is a box that says I'm not a robot. All right, let's see. All if, those are the best. Mm-hmm. Is that proof is that to the sufficient? robot? You're not. No, you're going to have to identify all the traffic lights. Uh, now I have to. I, is, and then bicycles. I, I appreciate the text message because I've got two factor on, so uh, that, we're good yeah, there. Yeah. However, it makes me wonder if I did not have two factor on. Robots can have cell phones too. Would have sufficient been sufficiently just like that. Not that they put the captcha or the click on the bottom of the login or anything like that. Like they took me to a whole page that was just like, "Gird up your loins, young man. (laughs) Prepare for a security (laughs) challenge." And I was like, I'm ready. And then it rendered and it was just like, click Check the box that says box. I'm not a robot. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's still where we are? That's yeah. really all that this is going to be now? Uh, Couldn't render that in a div beneath the form? No? All right. 
cool. You got to get that full yes, screen. I, to, the full screen confuses the robots. That's the yeah, thing. Exactly. It confuses <laughs> the humans, too, to be clear. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, I was able maybe to... Maybe that's what it is. They, yeah. It, maybe it, it confuses everything. The capacity to go like, I'll do it anyway. Uh, you, you make it through, because that's definitely where I ended up. And they just, behold, all they do am, is they, they, heat up, they, they put that box in front of you, and then they kick your microphone on, and they listen for you to be like, what? What? like oh, that's not a robot, that's a person. No, yeah. that was a, the robots, are, the robots yeah. are, I won't say they don't get confused, but they're always confident, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. they, there's no, there's no second guess in an if statement, you know? They uh, just, <laughs> a robot just hits a button, even yeah. if it's in the wrong spot, and there's no button. Yeah, exactly. That is correct. Yeah. Button. It yeah. Was, yeah, a robot would have hammered that button so fast. <laughs> that's all they, that's all they the want, is for you to not immediately click that button. They just want to throw you off your game to go like, if they wait at least two seconds to yeah. be like, really? Robots click the then button within two milliseconds, uh, typically. Exactly. I'm uh, sure there's more to it than that. I'm sure we don't even know how it works. What actually happens is they just capture a fingerprint of all of your activity and then they fire it through a neural network with a, you know, get back a bunch of numbers less than one and go like, hmm, box says it's not a robot. <laughs> you know? Nine, 90% yeah. confident it's not a robot. <laughs> what, we, we, we sent 20,000 robots to do this and 20,000 humans and it says not a robot. You know, there you go. Uh, the, the, the bicycle thing is just like Ugh. you're that's that's they already know whether or not you're a robot. That's the thing about that part. When you get to the part where it's like click all the traffic lights, you're not proving that's, shit. You're just training the AI labor. model. Exactly. That's yeah. right. That they're is just yeah. like we just that they're is. just like not a robot. Slave labor. We got a human here, which means that they can train our model. <laughs> label uh, some label yeah. some of these. Can label us, yeah. some of these uh unknowns. Uh we yeah. have we have a friend of the pod, a Former guest of the pod, mm. uh, it, well, hopefully a continued guest of the pod, unless he hears this and uh, or they hear this and 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 revolt at me making this known. But they were so aligned with the robots that they would willingly give information to Google and locations mm. to get their badges. So, uh, my wife is getting her phd in, in higher education and she's right now studying that's like a phd MOOCs. in phds it is kind of yeah uh um it, it's definitely a phd in, in university stuff but anyway so so right now she's in a, a class that's having her studying MOOCs and online ed and gamification and all of those things. And she was asking me if gamification worked. And I said, for a certain subset of people, it 100% works. Mm. Like, the, like if you're a person who is uh, like motivated by gamification, it will absolutely work for you. And I brought up this example of, 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 of a, a, an engineering friend of ours who sells his soul to Google mm. gladly. To say, like, I know where that's at, and I'll give you a review so that you make me the mayor of this little area here, and I get my little uh, badgy bag. I four squared pretty hard. And they've just got a stack of badges, and they're proud. And meanwhile, Sky and Skynet will move past them when it comes through killing us. Ah, a decorated it veteran. Fed the information. Mm -hmm. Look at all his and Jolly so Ranchers. He has helped us. Uh, yeah. It'll, it'll go like, look upon him for his badges. He has helped the machines. <laughs> look at all of we'll his challenge along. coins. He is yeah. he is uh, uh, decorated enough to be spared. 
He is yeah. taking pictures of his plate at all of these fine restaurants, and now we know where they all are. And now we can identify pasta. Uh, <laughs> yes. This, this, this human taught me noodles. <laughs> so, yeah. I, but I, gamification is a thing that um, I have. I I four squared pretty hard when it first came out. There was something sure. funny about that. I Strava'd pretty hard when it came out. I am oh, I now. I'm I'm so anti Strava now. Um, not well. Let me let me let me reel that back in. Especially based on Tyrell's reaction there. Um, <laughs> I kn- I am not anti Strava. I just no longer have any use for it. I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Sure. To some extent, being able to challenge myself like king of the mountain on some segment or just not to not to actually win king of the mountain because all on on strava especially on cycling strava there will be segments identified on routes that you ride and it builds a leaderboard of other people riding it's tracking it on their phone and so like you can see who's got the top time climbing this hill um and and king of the mountain is a a, a reference to scoring in uci cycling or the tour de france um, so King of the Mountain, you know, gets a special jersey. It's one of, there's multiple ways to win the tour. Um, you're scored on different things. KOM's one of them. Um, and so that was cool. But at some point I realized that it was the complete antithesis of why I get on a bicycle, mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. to have a phone in my face and not have some monster chasing me. And just like, I just want to go out there and unplug and see the sights and stuff like that. But so there is something about the, like tracking if you're like looking to get out and improve on your last time, it's a great way to do it. Right. But but I was out there like chasing King. I was like, oh, I'm number three on this segment. I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go grind it and like see if I can uh, see if I can uproot somebody. And then I was just like, I'm not even having fun biking anymore. I just feel defeated after I climbed a mountain. You know. Sure. So the the way we the way the folks I run with have kind of tried to help with that and uh, i think it's great is generally we're not concerned with sections but we will once in a while go on a section hunt and it's just like so generally you'll run past sections you don't care but then like once every couple of months we'll schedule a a run that is strategically around strava sections and we want to go get k uh uh king of the mountain and you strategically run through a bunch of different Strava segments and you know where the segment starts and where it stops. And so you're just like, so you know, chilling you know where to reserve and where to sprint and yeah, precisely. And that whole point of it is to just hammer it. Cause I had a friend who there's a, there's a local mountain called Kessler, Mount Kessler. It's a beautiful mountain, beautiful trails, all kinds of stuff. And there's an infamous road that runs on the Western edge of Kessler, called Kessler Mountain Road, KMR. And when you want to go run real boy, like hill hill workouts, you go run KMR because it is a mile and you gain a ton of elevation. I can't remember how much it is offhand. But the way it works is is you you run a huge amount of elevation and it levels off for a bit and you run a huge more and you summit and you turn around and come back down. Someone segmented it in half so that you've got your first ramp and then you've got your second and someone got, and a buddy of mine got King of the mountain for all of KRM and for both segments or there's, there's both a, segments. Is there a third so there's segment? The top segment and there's the whole segment. There's okay. not a, a segment for the bottom. Got they got whole mountain and top half mountain. And then a buddy of his went and got the top half 
and didn't start at the bottom, but just went up to it mm. and ran the top half. Helicoptered to into the halfway him. point. And, and then- bro, you want to talk about like wreck of friendship. These people don't <laughs> talk to each other anymore. <laughs> They're just like, oh, it's the, like you, you he, he could have killed his sister for all I knew. Went to the to plateau and he had like gone up had and a meal and half. got ready and, and, and came in and knocked it out. Because I assume he got both segments in the same run. Absolutely. Yeah, he got yeah, the all, first guy. He did, did the whole the, the first guy got both and he, segments, and he happened to win both. Yeah, yep. I got. And you. then the other guy went out and hunted it and got just the first half. And my guy was so pissed. <laughs> I still don't know if he's talked to that that other friend of mine since then. But that's the way it goes. That's see, that's uh, gamification. I, something I happened the other competitiveness, day. Competitiveness. Yeah. I I uh, I don't even. Fun fact: Strava is a Rails app. I, which I, is not which is surprisingly a fun fact these days because Rails is what it is now. It wasn't a fun fact before. It would Everything have been was rails assumed, back, but, yeah. back in the in the Drop early a rails DC app. days. It, it was so bizarre for me to find that out that I was literally at Strange Loop running with a dude from Strava, just like running before the conference, and who's talking about we all talk about where we work. He's like, "I work at Strava." I was like, "Ah, oh, sweet." And he's like, "Yeah, we've talked a little more." And he's just like, "Talk da 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 rails." I was just like, "Wait, Strava's a rails app?" He's like, yeah. It's just like that's amazing, and I was just like, I feel like a big jerk now all of a sudden because I've just made it sound like the tech you build your entire company on is a failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did you pull it off? Uh, yeah. How do you, how do you scale that? You. Rails doesn't scale. Have you not seen the blog post? Yeah. Rails doesn't scale. Uh, you know, I I was I was watching. I don't remember what, and it's probably not that important. But like gamification can also turn me off, like, just flat out. And I didn't even chase down what this was. I don't remember the name of the platform. What I was watching was um, uh, some new electric vehicle startup um, that's launching a a really interesting electric uh, work truck type thing, I would call it. I don't know. It's a truck. Uh, I believe it is called Hummer. Uh, Not that one. Uh, Oh, then it would be the Tesla uh, Cybertruck. Not that one. And also not okay. the Rivian. This was some unknown thing, um, relatively unknown. I had never heard of it. And they were doing this big reveal. Have you seen the car companies during COVID have started doing these big keynote presentations for all the new cars that come out? Have you followed? Like the Bronco started it, or that's the first one I saw. And now everybody's Bronco's good. The Bronco's real good. The Bronco's good. Let's be real. The they, got, they got an EV concept. I've been following the 4x4 electric vehicle market. And like I'll tell you what, Jeep's got one that they put a manual transmission on, and it's just like... They're coming for me because there's no fucking reason in the world you would ever put a manual transmission on an electric no, vehicle. They get all their torque at zero RPMs. There's no advantage to a gearbox. You have to it's put it the in feature you can, that your uh, human just is used to. That. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's yeah. just for me to feel good modulating the clutch, which doesn't matter. You don't even have to modulate the clutch. You, nope. That's you can, amazing. You can put it in fifth gear and come to a complete stop er, without putting the clutch in, and it's fine because the engine's not gonna stop. Anyway, your kid brother the remote and be like, you're playing as the bad guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, shift you're it. playing over here. The computer's like, just like, look, the human's shifting. Oh, you're shifting. Funny. You're good. We'll, Go just ahead throttle, sh- we'll just throttle his speed based on which gear he's in. Uh, What's and- great is if they put some kind of fancy electronics in to kill it. 
uh-huh. unnecessarily. If you like, yeah. if you like, botch like, a shift, just like the they're amp just in like, the turn back. it off, and the computer's like, really? And it's like, yeah, yeah, trust me, he needs it. Yeah, stallin. It, it gives it, yeah. it gives you stall. It rolls back on hills for no reason, and it has an amplifier <laughs> that pipes an engine sound out the ass end of it. Um, so, and then, so it then makes that grinding sound if you yeah. if you don't use the <laughs> when you get in the wrong if you don't gear. use the clutch. Uh, so I was looking at this unknown startup. They brought this thing uh, out, and they had the CEO of the it was like it was a pre-shot studio shot intro to this vehicle and they had the ceo of the um of the autumn of the car that was being promoted that his company showing the car off to this other ceo while that guy was just like oh my god you're so amazing oh bleh, you know because it's a pre-shot marketing video um, right, right. And I get a few minutes into it because they bring this other CEO in and his accolade for like why we should care his take on whether or not this is a good vehicle is they're like, and bringing in the CEO of whatever stupid startup it was, I can't remember the name, the first company ever to gamify the driving experience. And I was just like, nope, turned it <laughs> off. I will not indulge this because I don't even know what that fucking means, but I do not want my driving. Ex- I, I, the driving experience y'all, I don't know if you've driven out there in the world. It's already gamified and yeah, it's fucking say, life and death. I, I'm pretty there are sure, no extra like, lives in the driving experience. I don't sure need some shining, like gamified the driving experience back in the day for, <laughs> Please don't car. send more push notifications to people driving cars. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I just like, and that was the thing is I hard noped out of the rest of that conversation. I don't even know if that was a good truck. I don't know who the CEO of that company was, but I got so turned off by the notion of like, we don't need to gamify that. I am turning this off and I'm going to go read a book that's printed on paper. It's just like, yep. I turned into a full, like, techno hater i'm gonna, right I'm gonna go whittle <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, screw you guys mm-hmm. i'm gonna go make a flute i'm gonna go out of a stick i'm gonna go gamify wood gamify uh, this gamify wood. <laughs> yeah so uh you know i'm supposed to be a technologist don't tell yeah. the clients that i hate technology as much as i do i think it's implicit surely at this point yeah, I, I, it, it's i've told even, enough of I them think. to just go use excel um, <laughs> because it's been the right answer, you know. Yeah, it's it's solved many a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's put a lot more money behind it than Microsoft has put more money into Excel than anyone else has put into any other piece of software, save the ones that you know of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if it's if it's if it's not Facebook, Google, or Apple, or an operating system, probably Excel has more more development put into it. Um. Especially more than than what we would put into it, and you know, I don't know. We're doing that right now. We we all often build Excel interfaces onto our apps. We're doing that on a project right now. And Alan, I know you've done it on several projects that we've, oh, been, yeah. we've been on, where it's just like, ah, let them upload a spreadsheet. What happens if there's an error? Send it back, and they can edit it in the spreadsheet. Because you know what? If you need to make an edit to a six thousand items in one column all the way across, there's actually yeah. a pretty good interface for that, and we're not building it in this app. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that's that's the thing that is really key to communicate to clients because like I know for me when we first started talking about that shift within that product, I felt a little like ah that's a cop out. Like we can mm-hmm. we can we can do that cuz the the initial concept of the feature that was built by another company um 
before we got there was was to allow for someone to upload a spreadsheet full of 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 content users. and then if it the didn't pass validation users, users. Yeah. upload a spreadsheet full of users which let's be real in the enterprise world that's how you do everything mm-hmm. uh you 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 start a product and you're just like we're going to create users with the sign-on process and it'll be great and then the first literally the first company comes to you with more than 12 users mm-hmm. and says i want to do that i am making I up 200 upload. passwords you know yeah. yeah i'm going to upload a spreadsheet and then you become a spreadsheet parser every every app does it and um i, I don't know like the so the the flow was upload your spreadsheet for users and if there's validation you can fix it in the ui and then you submit the final version uh, and and you move on and it's just like that felt kind of like a really cool UI initially. And I understand why the firm that started that feature started down that route, th- down that route. Cause it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you upload it, you got some validation errors, take care of a couple of them, get it done. You're just like, thank you web app for letting me do this here. And you save and you go. But to Casey's point, like you bought your whole columns worth of data. Good luck fixing that in the web UI. Yep. Mm. And like, there are so many tools to do that in Excel that we would be stupid to try and replicate. And uh, yeah, like that was the kind of thing that made me finally go like, no, no, we need to do it this way. Just report back the validation and send them back to Excel to make those changes. And an important, Oh, go ahead, Alan. I was going to say the, the other, you know, kind of benefit there and the other part of where as a developer, sometimes you got to like get out the way and, and, you know, and, and do what's best for the user like that's also a user experience that you don't have to retrain a user mm-hmm. about like oh for sure that tool for their whole careers you know yeah and like in this particular case the um like the let's upload a spreadsheet as the entry point to this was the request we didn't recommend to use spreadsheets in lieu of building an app but in a feature right. where you upload a spreadsheet, it was like, cool, now you upload it, but there's errors and you need to change a row. And so we'll build a UI where you click here and you edit the row and change a column. And then all of a sudden you're like rebuilding Excel in the UI, given the fact that the data already came to you in Excel. So you know whoever pushed that button and uploaded the spreadsheet has the spreadsheet in Excel right there on the desktop or maybe in the download directory of the computer they're uh, using right now. It's yeah, already say- it's close, you know? Increasingly, that's just like I clicked a button in Workday and got this. That's true. And now I'm going to import it. So, but, but I mean, who are we to try and fix the giant format errors of Workday in as opposed to like sending mm-hmm. someone back to Workday and being like, fix your stuff or get the, the intern who knows Excel to fix it for you and then, and then upload it. I walked through this with the client too. And it was just like, we were talking through scenarios and it was just like, you know, what if, what if, you know, what if they only have to like edit, you know, if there's like only two rows here to mess with, why would they have to open it back up in Excel? And I was like, if there's only two rows to work with, why'd they upload the spreadsheet in the first place? <laughs> right. And he's like, that's a really good point, you know? Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that took so long to hit. Well, it and, and it did, but I was I was thinking of just like oh, two errors in a large spreadsheet. Yeah, but you're saying two rows. Yeah. Well, the thing was that like what well, the conclusion we came to was that like why did my spreadsheet not parse? And it's less likely to be that 
on one particular row, someone had a letter in their social security number. And it's way more likely to be the columns are transposed and all the social security numbers have letters in them, right? Um, because, like, assuming that that spreadsheet, wherever they got it, came out formatted, it's just like a formatting error coming out. Like you said, Tyrell, why fix what Workday does in our app? It's probably right. a transpose, col- transpose column or something like that. But, like, yeah. the thing about that is, like, that's non-intuitive to the client or people that haven't built software. We've just built so many apps that in my mind, I have like my brain just shortcuts to that. It's like, cool, we're uploading a spreadsheet. When there's an error, just let them edit it in Excel. I don't have time to explain, <laughs> you know? It's like, I feel like the comments coming towards there is like, I don't have time to explain. I've just been in this rodeo before and I've been down every path and it always leads to just let them edit it in Excel. It's a shortcut to it. That's where the value in experience totally. comes from. Like yeah. That's where the value... Because every client would say, "Why I don't want to make them have to go fix stuff in Excel. That's a bad user experience. Mm -hmm. And then you go, you know, it's a bad user experience. Literally anything but every function of Excel within this UX. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can either pay to rebuild Excel here or send them back to Excel to fix it. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just that's where the light bulb comes on, and they they recognize." The deficiency there because clients obviously like assume like man we want to help the client so much and take these things on and there's there it's there are places where they try and take on the work in, in an app that doesn't belong to them so to speak and that will bite them every time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like you know what's worse than excel is a a weird version of excel where you have to click a save button every time you change one column or one one cell because that's what happens, you know. And like, uh, and uh, obviously you can do better, but then you're just moving towards building Excel. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's. Uh, I don't even remember how we got to that topic. I brought it up. It was my fault. But in any case, you know, it's uh, it, that that happens often. Um, and there's lots of things like that in our day to day. Where like we've we've seen that problem before, and it's not necessarily intuitive, but you know. But that's that, and 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 obviously, this is me preaching to the choir or to people who don't care because uh, they're not clients. But like, that's the value of a company who's willing to to speak more broadly. Like, obviously, in the context of Lofty, that's why we build what we build. But like, that's the value in have in having a technical partner who's willing to push back on the ideas you bring, mm-hmm. like. I'm the client. I know I have my grand vision. It will be beautiful. You build what I, what I dream. And if, if, if we as a consultancy are willing to say on the front end, you've got a great idea. I agree. We have the expertise to come in alongside and, and kind of fill in areas where you don't have experience Mm -hmm. to speak to what the user needs. Like finding clients, and that's the that's the beautiful client fit. And we've got some really great clients right now that that allow us to do that. Totally, to where we can say we're going to come in with what we know, what we've experienced, and tell you you don't want to rebuild Excel. I don't want to rebuild Excel. Yeah, that's a terrible idea for everybody. Can we agree on that? Okay, cool. Let's do it this way. Or, but we're also going to come in and ask them like that's our domain experience, but we're nothing without yours. We don't know anything about Precisely. you. We're, we're yeah. in the business of, of, of ones and zeros and building software. We don't know anything about your specific domain. You know, we don't know a whole lot about 
50 state payroll compliance, right? Um, we need your domain expertise on that. We can tell where Casey's mind is right now. Yeah. Well, there's that. Uh, yeah. And we've, and we've got a client in that space too, in, in, in sort of ways, but also, yes, uh, hiring remote has introduced lots of new hurdles in the paperwork side of the business. Um, but I digress. We'll sort it out. Everybody's, everybody's solving this problem right now. Um, I think everybody's getting paid. I get so much mail from states now. State of Dude, Florida, State imagine. of Illinois, State of Colorado is coming. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 states they just, we don't even have employees in are probably just like, hey, you might want to hire some people. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about preemptively doing it, like just breaking it down by population. Like it's a matter of time. We're going to have a Texans, a Californian, a New Yorker soon. Might as well I get in never, front of it. I will never hire a New Yorker. Really? No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. I, <laughs> I was, was, I was, actually I was laughing about it because, because I thought you were going to say Texan. I was like, but Tyrell's a Texan. He was born. Yeah, that's right. I can't be anti-Texan. Megan's a I New Yorker. Uh, she I could have picked she California. I'm actually in. If if you were to like do the whole like pick a coast thing, mm-hmm. I'd go East Coast over West Coast. I'm an East Coast kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, I went New Yorkers just because that's fun. Uh, but I was surprised by. Um, so to kind of look into the hiring phase, like we're, we're, we're talking about lofty expanding and what Growth that would have looked like and yep. what that did look like. I was surprised. So obviously we're real deliberate, you know, we're based out of Northwest Arkansas. We've got clients that are proximate. We're looking at, you know, historically kind of compensation re- regional to, but better than what you normally find in our area. So we're well paid for our area. But we're not well paid for New York. We are not a high California. cost of living area, you know. Exactly. We're getting yeah. there, so you but... can you can live a great life on a on a on a salary that would be almost chicken scratch in San Francisco. Go ahead, Alan. Oh no, I, I was just agreeing. I think there is a little bit more lag there than than uh, what. Yeah. Yeah. There's more perceived lag than than there actually was. <laughs> but, but all that to say. So we're real upfront because the last thing we want when we're hiring is for somebody to have an interest in in Lofty as a company because I think there's plenty of things that are exciting about Lofty and in in who we are as a company that people would come in and see like oh okay I'm looking for a job I see this company Lofty I see the work they do with all these different verticals and like this progressive technology that they build with that's exciting I want to be a part of that and then they they like go through the process and then we end up with just like and here's the salary range and it's just like oh I live in San Francisco and that means that I have to have seven roommates in a one room apartment and we don't want people to end up there through the process so we posted our salary ranges as a part of it. And so depending on, you know, your experience and, and, and where you, where you go, you end up in that range. But, uh, I was really surprised to see a lot of people from Brooklyn specifically applying for jobs in our salary range. And it makes me go, what is going on in New York? What's going on? <laughs> that in all of these Brooklynites are looking at jobs in a specific, it's, it's not that it's like, they're looking for jobs in Northwest Arkansas, but they're looking for jobs that would be would be a a good living in Northwest Arkansas. Like that's what you know. We pay well for our market, but mm-hmm. we don't pay pay well. F- I per, my perception was we wouldn't pay well for someone who lives in Brooklyn, which but is apparently a, which is a, that's wrong. What you've do, I mean, and and having done having done the salary research, right? As, as we figure out like how how we compensate. Um, 
you know, I have looked at that, and that's a that should be an accurate read because the the cost of living basis on, upon which we would adjust our salaries to match comparable in in New York should be about sixty percent, right? Yeah. So we're yeah. talking about like we're we're paying we're paying forty percent less than what you might expect from something comparable there. I was surprised by that too. I was surprised. Glassdoor by- says they should not be applying to our job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, you never know them last door. This is, I've always been a big fan. Um, and this kind of gets like into just general hiring, but like, I've always been a big fan of advertising compensation for roles. We put them out there because like, uh, it's just, it gives everyone an opportunity. People just self-select. Everyone that we talk to is aware of what it pays and we don't have to go through like a really awkward conversation. And also we put it all out there so we don't get to the end of the conversation and then get to this like stupid, everyone's got a gun drawn under the table negotiations. Like, well, you already know where we're at, you know? Um, and, and I just like that. It's simpler. I'm sure that there are some totally. like business gurus out there that are like, Casey, you dummy, you could be making an extra 1% by, you know, screwing people and, and making them negotiate and fight hard for every dollar. But I just don't have the, it's, it's like, I'm, I don't have the greed number one, I don't think, but beyond that, uh, I just don't have the patience to go through. Like, I just don't want to go. That's just a, it's a nightmare. It's not so, fun. It could be a waste of time for everyone. It's a waste, involved. And we've had that happen before when we didn't do yeah. that. We had positions where like, you know, things would come up and, and like, it would surprise me, you know, um, where we'd have someone that'd be like a really great fit for a role. And I'd be like, great, here's the salary. And they're like, that is not even remotely close to where I need to be. And I was just like, this is an entry-level job. How are you making that much money? But like, you know, it's it's just, there's totally different things going on in different places in the world. You can't read it all. I was very surprised at the sheer volume of applicants we had from the state of Florida. Not really from a cost of living perspective, but like, and I know Florida is a very populous state, but it was massively skewed. Like massively, massively skewed. We we had like if you were to put it all on a normalized distribution, I think we had like a two X outlier. Uh, we should go back and look at them and see because oh, totally. I was interviewing this- someone from Florida like every freaking day. We had mm-hmm. like we had like I think eighty applicants for our director of marketing role, and I'm and then we filtered those down based on resume and, and phone screens and stuff, and interviewed probably a dozen of them. And of those dozen that made the top cut, I'm pretty sure eight of them were in Florida. Um, so that's like, that's crazy. Uh, and we ended up not hiring a Floridian. Uh, we got, we got a local person, which is cool. And I'm excited about that, but I was really, really, really shocked. And we did hire someone from Florida just in, uh, in a product owner role. Right. Um, so Will, our, our new product owner. We got, we got Florida. Florida. Can we just make Will's name Florida man? Florida I mean, man. He's not, he doesn't listen to this. This is not yet. This is not. Oh. And not anymore after he does. Yeah. Well, sorry <laughs> if you listen to this and I tried to anoint you Florida man. This will be the um, one episode. But also Will Will doesn't this is, have this the is like, he doesn't seem to have the pedigree of, of Florida man. Um, no, he's 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 well above Florida man for sure. Uh <laughs> but I, I say that because it reminds me of it was a movie. I think it was like I think it was called You Me and Everyone We Know. It was back in like oh mum, the Mumblecore movie that days. Is a, that like is the, a that is a weird movie. If so you see the one it. I'm thinking about with, with okay, the kids, so with the kids in the, the online chat. Where, what's that? Is it the one with the kids in the online chat? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what, where they where they the, say the little kid ends up message. going on a date with a much older woman. Like, 
I believe so. Please let me get to the least mm. awkward part okay, of what you're sorry, describing. Sorry. <laughs> it sounds a lot worse than what it you is. You keep bringing and up I like also that might a little have, kid. I he might a lady. You, we, and I'm just like, let's not talk about that anymore. I'm just trying to remember this is the right movie. And and that made it sound so much worse than it is. And I also it, might have it, spoiled it, the film by doing that. It completely did. But the point I was trying to get to was there was someone who, who left – who put a piece of, I believe it was, they put a piece of artwork or something or a voicemail out there. And toward the end of it, it was just like, should you have endured this far? They gave you a phone number and they're just like, there's no way you're here. But if you have, if you've gotten here, call this phone number and say the word macaroni and leave, leave that as your voicemail and hang up. And then someone eventually, like they, they check their voicemail and something happens and they're just like, they pick it up and all of a sudden you hear just like macaroni and that's it. And you're just like, oh, somebody did it. And I think that's the movie you're talking about. But the fact that you aren't remembering that. I don't remember the macaroni part. Yeah. The, the, the thing that but, I, but I described, as you can the imagine. The movie you're describing, I have you, seen but... as well, to be clear. <laughs> I have not. It's, it's, I'm, just, uh, I'm just getting caught up on IMDb here. On... Uh, yeah. I, I, I won't say anything else because I might have already spoiled the movie. When Tyrell goes to edit this, he will. I'm going to say here in the edit. To, to maybe edit that out just because I'm because I don't I got in trouble for spoiling Star Wars recently to which I was just like look motherfucker it's been out for 45 years if you didn't know that Vader was Luke's father like I can't you know like come back next week we'll be spoiling the Wizard of Oz it's actually a man behind the curtain but like someone literally I got I got I got snapped at on social media it was like uh there never has a bigger spoiler been uttered and I was just like are you for real right now? But uh, I am. I feel a little sensitive about maybe spoiling that movie. So, Tyrell, they, they don't to forget to edit that out. Though. It won't happen. I, I will not edit that. Yeah, totally. uh, To be clear, we I'm just going to be glad to not have to try and mix bad uh, Eden audio tracks. No, sir. I've badly mixed them all right here live. <laughs> that was the one thing about the previous platform. And I say previous. It's not official, but it's highly likely. Mm. Was like it was individually tracked and that was great mm -hmm. except we never took advantage of that. So then I was just like, just give me, just give me everything. Well, what they don't tell you is, and what makes sense is that if the, if, if there were problems in the individual tracks, as far as like timing and glitches and stuff like that, when you pull down the mixed version, <laughs> those problems just come down because they just go meep, on all the files. Mm -hmm. And so what, it, what happened in the last episode was there were like weird time glitches that over the the course of the the recording eventually added up to us being out of sync with one another wow but if you just exported it the first half sounded great and then you listen <laughs> to the back half and everyone's just like because we're just all talking over each other you would think because that the timing that was out of sync the timing of the tracks on a podcast recording software would be a foundational like who who commented out that unit test on on that app you know that's yeah. uh that's that's no good uh here's what i'm excited about i haven't shared this with alan but i shared it with tyrell earlier today is that soon and i don't know when i'm not putting a date on it but soon the three of us and one Blake Johnston are going to get together, and this is probably in the next four weeks, and we're going to sit down around this motherfucking soundboard, and we're going to record a podcast face-to-face, yes, -face, in the flesh, no delay, no compression artifacts, none of Casey's crappy internet that I shouldn't be on Wi-Fi right now, but I am anyway, 
and uh, and actually do this the real way. And then we can multi-track it. This thing, we'll do it. We'll do it right. Uh, and I'm excited about doing that again. It's coming Absolutely. soon. I, I'm not committing to a date yet, but like I know from a, I know from a, from the CDC is going to change some guidelines, and I think that I think there's a good percentage of of uh, immunization present with that group that I just listed out. It's coming. I've got my second shot coming up uh, next week or the week after. Mine's Tuesday. You weren't far behind me. I know that. No, no. And I think yeah. Blake's somewhere right in that same cohort. So yeah. that's right. He's excited, excited to not you guys. It's not to see you guys not be productive next week. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are going to be <laughs> yeah. having fever dreams. Round round two is round two is lame. Paige just had hers and she's been okay. Round today. two was confusing surprised. because it was lame in a way that I, I didn't expect that. Huh? That's weird. Round two is just like no, that hurt. <laughs> yeah at least one, for me like hurt my arm for you know for a day or or so for you know it's probably about three days like overall of just feeling something there that wasn't normal you know but yeah the second one i'm not really looking forward to i'm trying not to think about it too much so i don't you know get get too much anxiety get about it head. but for Alyssa, she was trying to take it like a champ and then she went to work and it was it was like 15 minutes or so. It may have been longer than that into her shift though, but pretty soon she's calling me going, I gotta come home, like warm up some soup. And <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, it was like the flu for her. Uh, and that was the Moderna, uh, shot is, and that's the same one I've yeah. had as well. Mm, I'm on the Pfizer. Uh, and I, I went and got, oh, okay. I went and got my first dose about mm, five hours before I went to sit down to do closing on my new house. So I was sitting at the title company going like, let's get this shit over with. Uh, I'm ready to go. I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah, it was whatever. I was so glad to be done with that whole process. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it's it's coming up. So that's coming. I'm not committing to the listeners what day that, how shortly that episode comes out. But that is something that I have been looking forward to well over a year is getting back to doing some amount of live production of this show. Um, we've sure. also taken on remote teammates now and we want to get them on the show. So like the, the, I don't think the format of the show, just like our business never goes back to being exclusively live, everyone in the same room, but I would like to do more of that. It's, it's just a, it's a I don't know if it's different for the listeners, but it's different for me. The dynamic. So with this crew is a lot different when we're all in the same room. I think, I think we can take an example from uncle Leo. Ooh. You got to go to uncle Leo. And, and, you got to be conscious and, about which example you take from Uncle Leo. But yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's be real. When I talk about Uncle Leo, the president of the internet, Leo Laporte, I I mean specifically in his ability to pioneer podcasts that incorporated people digitally mm-hmm. in a way no one had before. He had, I think, he called it Skyposaurus, which was a TV with a bunch of Skype calls on it. And so remote guests were never a problem for This Week in Tech or any of the other myriad of, of uh, shows that they produce from the Twit studio. Um, so I think there's a place to allow for us to kind of have our own Twit studio. And we can also ask patrons to pay for bricks on the wall if we really want to. Not mm. that I expect them to. We've given them like the first thing we could have given them in like six months. And it's just a broken podcast that has a serial number on it on the blockchain. So mm, yeah, 
No offense, patrons, if you don't want to break. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of shit, a half-baked episode with a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> that, uh, that, but that's the only way you get the storage story. Oh, the, 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 the storage wars? It's perfect. Mm. And that's the only reason I salvaged that episode. Mm. It really is. It was, was fun. I think it was Daniel's first episode. I think so it was. I, I was and Alan, I don't, I don't think you were that, there, Alan. But, but man, did you did you get to hear about the storage story when I got the storage building for Lofty? I uh, uh you, maybe you I did this so, version for sure. I I mean I so you I would love become to a patron your mouth and you'll get <laughs> yeah, access to yeah. that episode. Yeah. And if you uh, want a oh, if you want yeah, an empty version of that episode, we will gladly give that to you as a patron. I went back. Otherwise, I went back to the story. storage building recently and had to go in there and get some stuff. And like, uh-huh. this wasn't nearly as 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 fun of an encounter. But I was I was uh, uh, looking for a television remote. And no, so you weren't. I was. You shut up. And so I went to the storage I, building to find on. boxes at the back. I know, I know. It's it does. You can't. The, the rest. The listeners don't have context for the TV story. I know. No, no. Hold on. It's even better. It's even better. Is this what you were looking for? No, it's not, but I get what you're getting at. That TV, oh, is it, that, does that say Polaroid on it? It does say that Polaroid. That TV's at my mom's house, man. I've been trying to get this back to the office for a while. Well, for those who are listening, I yeah. just held up a remote <laughs> that I unintentionally took from the office. That's and it's hilarious. one of the most disgusting remotes I've ever held. Well, it's so sticky, and no, I don't know why, yeah, but I assumed was, it was for our projector. No, no, no. It's 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 sticky because there the, was duct tape holding the battery bay on for a number of years. I okay, bought. That makes, I bought. That, that makes sense. Thank God. For those of you who didn't know that Polaroid made TVs, it's because they don't, or at least they only did for a little <laughs> while. I bought that TV. That was a 32 inch Polaroid TV. This is the one from your dorm. From right? my dorm room when I was in, in 2000 something, 2000 single digits. Uh, I we were the only dorm on campus that had a flat screen TV. That 32 inch 720p TV. I'm pretty sure it cost me like. Two thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to say seven thousand dollars. <laughs> and and the first one caught on fire about a week after I got it. It just started smoking, and I brought it back to Walmart, and they sent me home with another one. I still have the second one. I gave it to my mom when she moved into an apartment up here. That TV's still kicking. I did buy her a universal remote though, because I couldn't find a remote. Yeah, I didn't know it was at Tyrell's house. Should I throw this remote away? Can I throw this away now? You can throw that away. I don't think oh, it even works. I can't anymore. tell you how happy I am not to have to try and remember. You should have just anymore. asked. You should have just asked. Uh, no, I was looking for a different remote, and I went. And for those of you who've ever lived out of a storage building a little bit, because all of our office has been moving in storage, like getting into it's got all of our desks and all of our furniture and chairs and stuff like that, and boxes just got kind of tucked away and stuff. And so it's just like, and I didn't know which box it might be in. I didn't even know if it was really in there. I'm just assuming that's where it was. And, you know, and I didn't pack the boxes. Megan graciously packed up everything in the office. And she and there's two storage buildings because we got out to the storage place and found out we hadn't rented enough storage building for all our shit. So Megan ran out and, like, just, like, hate rented a second storage unit all the way across the place. We had to send the movers over there to get it. So, so we have two storage <laughs> units. I don't know which it's in. And I am go out there and I'm, like, I open up the first storage unit and I'm, like, crawling in between desks and, like, scuba diving through all our shit trying to find i see a box back there and trying to peek in it like no that's kitchen stuff and so i get through the first building convinced it's not in there i go to the second one i pull around the corner and our unit thankfully there's like about two units of space between our unit and like two units down there's a guy in an old beater pickup truck 
and he's out there with like shorts coming down to his ankles, no shirt on, like he's just smoking the filter of a cigarette. There's no cigarette left on that thing. And he's listening to Creed, uh, 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 My Sacrifice, just at full volume, just blasting out of this little pickup truck. Yes. <laughs> My Sacrifice! And so, and he's just like, and all his shit is pulled out into the alleyway. It's just like everywhere, just boxes and crap. And it's obviously like wasn't even put away when it was in there. It was a mess, you know, and stuff like that. And he's blasting it. And I get into the building and I open it up. And uh, and he and he he looks over at me because of course this guy's gonna we're gonna have a moment like you can't just let me get in and out of my building and get out of there he turns and he's just he's just like trying to get my shit organized and I was like yeah I heard that you know and he was like he's like I'm looking for something and I was like what are you looking for and he's like floor jack and I was like oh I'm looking for something too and he's like what are you looking for and I said TV remote and he goes ooh. <laughs> 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 and in that moment I realized that this dude was a storage building veteran and he knew there was no chance in hell I was finding that remote in there this dude couldn't even find a floor jack in his and he looked like he had been at it for hours he had like set up camp and had a picnic uh, I'll be damned if I didn't he find was that on day two yeah even. he was just like ooh that's rough man I hate to hear that I've been you know, there like, yeah I, been I lost there, that's I lost buddies to that you know and, and uh <laughs> I found that damn remote though. I did. Oh, uh, it was in like the third box that I checked. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I hope the. Oh, that's wow. great. I mean, like, I don't. I don't mean this, but on some level, I hope the storage drama never ends. But like, I do hope <laughs> I to move us back into an office. But like, it's just I'm just getting armed with all these stories from the storage building. Um, and if you want to hear the first one, which I hope did survive the mangling. It the did. storage it part did. did. All right, good. Can confirm. It you, did. you you can get that on our Patreon. Um, yes, it's been that's yep. it's subscribe been via patron and message for the info. It only costs a dollar for the lost episode and how to access it. You don't even have to have it in NFT format. You can listen to it as a patron somewhere. But if you actually want the NFT, reach out and we'll we'll go through the process of transferring an nft version of it for you tyrell will uh, go through that process i have no idea how any yeah of that yeah that's, that's, that's on me that's on blockchains me. i uh, didn't know what an nft was until like three weeks ago so. blockchain is the thing that i as a ceo now tell other people we can do and then i have tyrell figure it out that's, that's where we are in <laughs> so, the phase of lofty's evolution yeah i'm, I'm uh, <laughs> hell yeah we blockchain because i have a yeah. crypto kitty that's right because uh, that's a real thing that i do have we give out so. lofty branded uh, uh crypto wallets to all our new hires uh, um, and we pay everyone yeah. in dogecoin so that's uh huh? elon musk approves mm-hmm. um, no i i remember getting into the crypto kitties uh, well, I didn't get into them, but I remember like being introduced to the concept of what uh, of NFTs back before anybody cared about them, and it was like uh, I forget. Let me let me think. The I know this. Ter- I know who it was. I believe it was um, Sir I'm Walter, to the guys uh, who Bitcoin. came out with CryptoKitties. Um, but like there, there's a there's a a very narrow ecosystem around them and their wallets like the fox uh, like i say that like i'm just gonna say the fox and anybody who's in crypto is gonna shout the name and call me an idiot and that's fine but basically the browser plugin wallet is a fox that watches your cursor and anyway 
they they were kind of like how you got crypto kitties back in the day it was like you had to have you had to have a wallet and then you could get this cat that you would feed it was it was 100% tamagotchi on the blockchain it was on ethereum 100% tamagotchi so it must have been blockchain. written in uh what was the language called um we we had a client that tried to get us to build something in that language lua no lua's uh ui scripting i forget yeah. now i'll have to look but uh, the firm was Dapper Labs, apparently. Dapper Labs is behind CryptoKitties. Okay, yeah. Good deal. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, like the concept of a Tamagotchi, <laughs> I, the, the one thing that I like about it is like if you kill your, your CryptoKitty, it's just like on the blockchain forever as a corpse. Like you've got a, <laughs> you've got a, a grave site for a the, dead the cat, cat you were no longer able a, to sustain. Yeah. That's hilarious. So I don't... I don't know if you had to feed. I, I don't remember because I've obviously uh, lost interest. So I may have a dead cat somewhere on the blockchain. Uh, I don't think you had to feed your 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 cat, but pretty close to the Tamagotchi concept for sure. Someone sold a cat for two hundred and forty six ether, December second, twenty seventeen, which at the time was worth about one hundred seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the longest, that's a longest running deal. cat. Uh, on the on the blockchain sold. Oh, is that why it went for so high? It was I the longest running cat. That's my. They kept that cat alive long enough uh-huh. that it was worth two hundred k. Interesting. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, that's that's what I gather. I'm reading the Wikipedia article, so it's not. I'm not getting the the depth here, but uh, that's, this this will be one of those things where I go check my cat wallet. <laughs> find out how many whatever, dead ca- whatever cats the you cat have. equivalent of a wallet is. In the same way that I went and like checked for for like what I had. Uh, uh, in my my crypto wallet because I was trying to make NFTs. Now after this, I'm gonna be like, what what do I have with my what are my crypto cats and like see how much a crypto cat uh, corpse is worth at this point. Like here's God. here's the skin of a cat I had a year ago. Can I get five dollars? Tyrell told me when he was going through that he just mentioned because I had stopped looking at like what kind of rally. Um, ether had had since whenever i had bought some back in the uh, yeah. uh, middle of some point in 2017 i had bought some and stuff like that and i was like oh my god it's worth that much like i have several hundred of that laying around that i had bought and i was like oh and so i go to look and and i retraced my steps to find that i had sold that shit <laughs> For I think I was up fifty percent on it, but it still wasn't much because I hadn't put that. It wasn't worth a lot at the time. But I had sold it and I had put it all in some damn altcoin that Sloan had pumped me up on, and all my ether that, that seriously would have been worth like twenty five thousand dollars was parked in stellar lumens, and they're worth shit. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, I was, I was digging for the coin that I was told to go in on. I knew it I was, was lumens. Like, oh, it was lumens. I know it, it, and it was still, it was lumens. It's still worth fifteen dollars, whatever I have in lumens right now. Like, well, God, hey, damn that's it. a stable coin. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's barely Lose moved. It. It's barely moved in three years. Uh, You're welcome. So that was a good investment. Well, I, you know, good, here's the deal. Good, that, that was a good jar in the backyard. I played, yeah. <laughs> I played, I played the crypto game for just a little while, somewhere around 2017. And what I did was I put in probably two, three hundred dollars. So it wasn't like totally trivial money, but it wasn't anything like I put my life savings into it. You know, I put put some meat at it to to just play the game. 
And I'm pretty sure that that got up to being worth six, seven hundred bucks. I pulled my original money out, and whatever's left there is the remnants of my gains from that first. I put some in, it doubled very rapidly. I pulled my original out and was just playing on the dividend. So, like, I was ahead, even if I'm only $15 ahead, I'm $15 ahead. I'm just like, obviously, very disappointed that I'm not $15,000 ahead. That would have been nicer to find out the other day. Yeah. But uh, shit happens, you know, can't time the market. Um, it was surprising though, and I saw that, and then I remember, I remembered the day that Sloan, Sloan, if you're listening, you came in, you came into the lofty office, lofty labs <laughs> then, and I think we all put our money in lumens that day, because uh, we were all riding high on it. He explained the white paper to us, and like, God, it's going to revolutionize banking, and like, as far as I understand it, like, all of Singapore is about to put their entire financial system <laughs> on this coin, like, for instance, yeah, let's do it, let's die to the moon! And uh, <laughs> that's what happened to all my ether. That's great. <laughs> Little did I, I know I should have been slow. investing in fucking cats. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sloan should be on, on that in-person podcast. No, no. I found the best way to have diamond hands is to lose your crypto wallet. That's how I got diamond and hands. And he held forever. Yeah, I lost yeah. my crypto Found it in the attic one day. For like two years and then pulled it out to make an NFT. Happened to remember my, my like recovery code and went like, huh, I just made like... 500 bucks. Awesome. <laughs> but of course, I never go in hard enough to like actually make money substantial. It's just like, oh, look. Uh, Your $5 appreciated significantly, but see, that's, that's where Every I was time. with that. That's why I put a couple hundred dollars in the lumens. So when that crazy, yep. like, you know, 100x multiple comes out, that it was significant enough up front that it turned yeah. down. But I wasn't going to like, I wasn't going to do like some people did and like sell my house and put all my equity in, in, in shit coins. But uh, I know people who did such things and Boy, some of well, them did Miami, okay. Miami says to do it too. Miami is becoming the crypto hub. Hmm. Like they're naming yeah. sports facilities. Well, after Miami Bitcoin. does too much Coke for me to, to invest. <laughs> not that like, I'm not, I'm not against the, I, like I'm not judging. I'm just saying that no, I no. don't do enough Coke to take advice from Miami. Yeah. That's all. They, uh, there's enough. There's enough. There's enough booger sugar over there to to, to make it happen for a long I've while. I've heard it. No, a, it's I've just heard, a different level of life. I've heard and, nose and, beers, but I haven't heard booger sugar. That's pretty. Oh good. man, That's booger uh, booger sugar. You you must have seen the Steve O. Yeah, that's where I heard it on that. Like Chris Pontius was on there, and and they were telling the story about how uh, they partied in Miami, and Chris Pontius woke up naked on an SUV. Uh, because he did so much uh, booger sugar that he thought it was his hotel room. He woke up <laughs> naked on an SUV, but his shit thought it was like really good investments in some blockchain shit. Uh, <laughs> but my no, that's so. What's funny is those. So, and I'll say those. Why would I even dance around it? So, obviously, listeners of this podcast know, at least in my mind, we strive to be the Dan Lebetard show of technology. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the Dan Lebetard show of sports, a.k.a. the Dan Lebetard show. The original flavor. Who is based out of Miami. And they were talking about like how crypto is, how like there's this huge influx of stuff going on. And they're terrified 
because they're just like, we know what Miami used to do and is capable of. And now it's just like the money laundering capital of the country is now the cryptocurrency capital of the country. This is a terrible idea. They have figured out how to actually get like multiple keys of Coke into the blockchain. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're smuggling yeah. it. They're smuggling it. Cocaine it's coming out of people's blockchain. GPUs, like spitting out of the HDMI port. There's cocaine coming out of it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a new, it's a new money laundering there. It, it, yeah, it's a uh, new age. Let me, I mean, like, I will you gotta say, get a cat. You, you gotta can, get a cat, a money launderer, but it does leave a permanent paper trail of your laundering in theory. Touché. Um, but you know, I don't know. There's, yeah, I'm not a professional money launderer. I think paper trails are probably pretty helpful if you can forge the fucking paper. Yeah, uh, before that's, it gets that's why you, that's, would, yeah, that's why you. You that's you actually you to properly ads. launder money you do need the paper trail you just need some control over what ended up on the paper. That's um, right. If that's you, why you sponsor ads at local radio stations mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to allow your money to go places and it works well. <laughs> Sorry, you you sir, you spent three million dollars on a local radio station ad. Like, yeah, but they were giving away tickets to the local movie theater. I got three free passes. <laughs> it's part yeah. of my advertising deal. You know, it was it was a good investment. It's a good, it's a good, uh, good way to turn that uh, <laughs> that capital into something useful for business mm-hmm. marketing. Yeah, it's a marketing expense now. Of course. Uh, Speaking of marketing expenses, uh, this show is running long, and <laughs> this isn't marketing. I will say this though. This is what I I, I wanted to bring up is that um, the listeners of this show will know that the intent of this show has never been to market lofty the business. It's it, we talk about the business and making the software, and occasionally we talk about what we do and and what we're like. Obviously, you if you listen to the show, you're aware of our company, what we do. Um, one of the things that we're working on as an organization is producing more content that's a little bit more business facing. And I don't expect a lot of the listeners of the show to want to tune into that, but if you do, I thought I'd bring it out there that we are going to be working over the next six months, twelve months, couple of years on building up a YouTube channel on behalf of the business. It's going to be a little bit more buttoned up and salesy and like, hey, come buy our shit. And we'll probably swear a little bit less. But um, I think that, yeah, for for those of you who are interested, we're trying to bootstrap the audience there. And so I know that Tyrell and I and our new director of marketing are going to sit down next week. We're actually going to be talking about the transition to remote, but in a little bit more of a something the clients might be interested in hearing us talk about capacity. Um, so if you want to get ahead of that, as some of that content starts to come out, go find Lofty on YouTube, find our channel, go subscribe to it. Um, so you can see that if you're into that kind of thing, we're probably, we're going to talk about dev on there as well. Again, yeah. probably in a more buttoned up presentable, like let me screen. Alan's going to be screencasting how to build Terraform scripts. I'm just <laughs> putting Alan on the spot. You guys can't see us. Can't see the look on his face, but on the on that channel, you will be able to see the look on people's face when I when I put them mm-hmm. on the spot. So, um, yeah, there's going to be some interesting stuff there. So if that's if you feel like you might be interested in that, it'd be really helpful for us to go, you know, subscribe to that channel, help us bootstrap that audience as we kind of launch that campaign. So pretty excited about that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll this take will, it a step. This will be more fun, but that will be yeah. also fun. I'll I'll take it a step further, and 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 obviously as we talk about marketing and content and, and new streams of content, we want, we're going to put, be putting a lot of effort into those, but obviously this is a place where we've been able to connect with folks 
in a very low-key way. Um, but now that we have someone who is thinking about these things more sustainably, there's a place for us to implement feedback. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, to just like uh, <laughs> let, the, let, the, let the inmates from the asylum, as they say. <laughs> but if you have feedback about what you've enjoyed about this podcast or what you've enjoyed about any, any of this, um, please let us know so that we can ensure if, as we go through like a refining process, that the things that have benefited you personally or professionally are made known so that we can be sure that that that's, remains a part of what we do in all of our content. We want that across everything. Um, so know that like your feedback is appreciated and received, even if we don't reply. There have been some of you who've replied to things and we've done a terrible job of replying to your email when we see it. And it's not for lack of uh, of appreciation, but more for lack of ability to manage the Our complexity. Lack of hours in the day more than anything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I say all that to say, please guys um, submit some feedback here and there. Our new director of marketing is actually probably reading our iTunes and <laughs> Android app store reviews in a way that we weren't <laughs> before. So uh, your, your voice will be heard there too, for sure. Well, and, and I, you know what they're going to say, Tyrell, they're all going to come in back and they're going to say, can you guys keep doing like hour long episodes where you talk about restaurants in your town that we'll never eat at. Um, (laughs) That is by far the biggest demand we get from the clients is like, tell us about that Beaver tails food truck. You guys went really hard on for two episodes straight. Uh, We really (laughs) would like to hear about uh, 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 bespoke donuts and poutine at your local farmer's market. That sounded great. (laughs) <laughs> and on that note we're just we're, what are we even doing anymore i'm going to read three patreon shout outs that apparently were due and some of them for a very long time and i apologize we're sorry we i got think to i them. might be the first person to log into our patreon go ahead and shout them out twice yeah, go ahead and good. shout them out twice tyrell it's accrued a little interest right. you know we got bob lee we appreciate your support and listening if you're still there and if not, we understand <laughs> why you would hey, Bob. And fuck those guys, you know? We got, We're supposed we to get got shouted Travis. out like 18 months ago. It's true. I'm out I here. Mean, I won't read to the due date, but know that it's long overdue. And Bob, seriously, bro, we appreciate you listening <laughs> if you're there or not. And we appreciate your support. Uh, Travis Howe and Daniel Spector, who are far more recent. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we... we, we we laugh that off in a almost disrespectful way, but we do appreciate anybody who's willing to contribute to what we do. We love doing it. Um, we appreciate your contribution as a, a form of showing some uh, gratitude for it. So, yeah, it feels yeah, good. Guys. It feels good. And, and someone's got to <clears throat> someone's got to get Tyrell that booger sugar. That's he's. That's uh, true. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have some cash in hand when I get to Miami, guys. That's yeah, true. Yeah, we, to go we to go y'all, to go we, on a hiring spree. No, from all the yeah, all of our future Floridians who we've now turned off, and we'll have a lot less of them applying now that we've referred to them all as Florida man. They won't. They won't apply anymore. Yeah, and, um, and implied that they all do cocaine. Just the ones from time. Miami. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least we've centralized that. <laughs> Uh, we didn't do that to you. Pop culture did that to you, Miami. We didn't make the video games and the movies. 
Scarface is a great movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been a it's been a fun one. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. See you guys. See y'all. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.higherlofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.